Hi, welcome to the Bible Nation podcast. I'm Doug Levesque with uh, Pastor Jason Georges of Emmanuel Baptist Church. BibleNation.org is the website. Make sure you go on there if you want to communicate with us, see our podcast, or buy our products. We're glad to have you with us here today. Today we're going to be talking about sports. We've always said that we wanted to do something like this, but but since Michigan won the national championship, we decided, go blue. bless God, we're going to do it. And if you didn't know that, Michigan Wolverines won the national championship. Sorry to rub that in, those of you watching from Indiana and Ohio. What are we standing up for? The ability, the freedom to do what's right as God defines that right. God's the ultimate author of liberty. We don't want government to stand between us and our freedom to do what is right. But, uh, you know, sports is both good and bad. It can be used for good. It can be used for evil. But today we want to talk about sports as a weapon in culture. Let's start off with in the news. We started this uh, last week, mm-hmm. and uh, every week there's some things that just really stand out as being particular to our culture. And wh- how does a Bible culture uh, absorb what's going on? Well, we just had the National Day of Prayer, and the plans usually are that the National Day of Prayer meeting would be at some church. Someone would invite it, they would pay for it, and they would kind of host the main event, and then it would be celebrated around the country. And uh, this year in particular, the National Day of Prayer is going to be inside the U.S. Capitol building. Now, you're having atheists complain because, you know, government money is being spent when you have a religious event inside a government building, security, lights, uh, et et cetera, administration. And um, Daily Beast uh, uh, newspaper says that church and state separation is breaking down before our very eyes. And uh, Speaker Johnson of the U.S. Congress is basically kind of taking a lead on this. And um, even though that we love prayer, Pastor Jay, I mean, we're for a national day of prayer just being exercised. You guys practice that here in Owasso. It's been like the longest Mm -hmm. civil uh, meeting has been going on for decades. Um, we, We really aren't for the government necessarily being the one that puts it on and mandates it or exposes it. I mean, it should be private money you know, that, that's putting it on. And so I, I kind of um, don't like the atheist you know, rhetoric against Christianity in it, but at the same time, you know, we're, gi- we're giving them ammo because we can't, uh, you know, we do have a secular form of government that doesn't necessarily take a scripture and verse to, and mandate it down, the th- down anybody's throats. I mean, you can be in the United States and be a Christian or not. You can be a Jew, a Muslim, a Buddhist, or nothing, a nun. And uh, the National Day of Prayer, you can pray to whatever you want to pray to or not. Right. And, um, I mean, I, that's how I would execute it, it, you know, and just say, if you're a Christian, let's pray together. And we've always had such a majority that um, if my people, which are called by my name, should humble themselves and pray, turn from their mm-hmm. wicked w- ways, I will heal their land. I will do for them. And uh, so I've always believed in a, in a National Day of Prayer and in a Bible culture, but it's not something to be mandated through a constitution. Otherwise, you have the King of England, who's also the head of the Church of England, and you know he can more or less throw down some kingly mandates. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then the the nation's got to pay the taxes uh, for that, and that's what our forefathers absolutely did not want. So, right. I'm for a national day of prayer. I'm not necessarily for holding it in the Capitol building. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it depends on who's who's uh, who's motivating it like sure, who's sure. Th- it's the people's building sure. and so the, it's been free for people to go there and so it's not an endorsement well but, but we're also not against 
uh, Christianity or I- influence upon government. Sure. Right. And so we yeah. should be able to speak our voice and have it. I mean, to call it the National Day of Prayer is just a name. Right. You know, it's not necessarily on the national calendar, but it does open up for them to then say have the Coven Association of Child uh, Sacrifice and then have to open up the Capitol building for something like that mm-hmm. as well. So it does open up a can of worms because then you can have National Hindu meditation day or Buddhists pretend we're nothingness day, you know, or Muslim jihad, national jihad day mm-hmm. at the Capitol building. You know, so um, I, I do think we have to be careful about the precedent, how it's executed. Sure. One of the things that um, uh, that Speaker Johnson has been accused of is being part of these, these groups that are kingdom dominionists. Mm-hmm. And that is we're going to use politics or anything in culture to bring about the kingdom of God, which is something that God himself brings in. Mm-hmm. I think we should use our Christian influence to bring people to Christ and to build and promote freedom of religion for the local New Testament church to thrive. Sure. In. That's that's what I, th- I think is biblical. And so I do think that it is a point of, of, of topic. The, the country's talking about it right now. Secondly, in the news today is uh, Tucker interviews um, uh, President Putin uh, of Russia and, you know, he said a lot of things about the United States, about Ukraine, about weapons, and um, about prisoners, uh, about NATO. But one of the most alarming statements that he's made is his statements about artificial intelligence. In particular, Al Jazeera says in their five uh, key moments from the interview is um, that Vlad is afraid of Elon Musk because he said Elon Musk can do whatever he wants. In other words, kind of like holding America like we're cousins going – Hey, we gotta we gotta team up here and beware of Elon Musk because mm-hmm. he can do whatever he wants and we've got to hold him accountable, sort of thing. And uh, you know, maybe that's just a tactic he's trying to mm-hmm. build unity on or under. But it's the exact sort of thing that might build unity because of Elon Musk's actions right. or inactions. Right. And so you know, people are talking about today, um, and we have a podcast all about yep. uh, that issue. The other thing in the news today is Governor Whitmer of Michigan. Uh, is she the savior of public education? The new budget just came out, $81 billion. And, of course, over half of that, probably two-thirds of that, is for education. And she wants cradle-to-the-grave uh, education. Yep. So not only do you get preschool with meals and daycare, um, with you know in-home supervisions and all these kinds of things, but then also you have uh, junior colleges free. Mm-hmm. Now, how can you mandate that? How can you, you know, mandate that people pay taxes for that? Most uh, junior college offers, you know, offerings like uh, an associate's degree in comic book, uh, yeah. you know, comic books and basket weaving. <coughs> and yet I know it's a political ploy. I know it's trying to, you know, get people in your political party. I know it's placating to victim uh, mentality. But that is a huge percentage of what's going on. Almost half of that is just food. Mm. Uh, that that uh, education is just – it's not education. It's feeding. It's feeding. It's feeding. So welfare it's, system. It, it's welfare system. And so right. – these are the things in the news today, all nope. of them disturbing, all of them, you know, important. No, and things, you know, and, and so I, I like this segment because, you know, the Bible is in play in our culture every day. Yeah. Every, every news cycle, every news thing, there's Bible perspective, there's Bible opinion, and we need to be looking at things through the lens of Scripture. Yeah, it's interesting. There's um, two and a half million people of school age in Michigan, and like 1.9 or 1.8 are in public schools. So all this budgeting, all this taxes are going to those in the public schools, mm-hmm. which of course is basically conditioning a bunch of universal ics. Right. Okay. But there's a whole bunch of people who are outside of the realm of what these benefits are because they don't practice 
the public education. They have home education, church education, private education, etc. <coughs> Maybe no education. I don't know. But I mean, that's a good. That's a good portion. Almost a third of students in Michigan, which mm-hmm. is very high state mm-hmm. for non-public education. Right, and that's coming under attack now, even yeah. with the idea that homeschoolers and Christian school students are going to need to register with the state. Yeah. Of course, it's all being pushed under the guise of uh, safety for children right. uh, and, and whatnot. Um, but r- really, what the threat is the freedom to educate your children by the dictates of your conscience. Right. Because ultimately, that responsibility has been delegated from God to parents to train up their children. Remember, Governor Whitmer is one that uh, put old uh, folks in nursing homes and put COVID patients in nursing homes and had folks catch it and, and, and die. So yep. government control by, by Whitmer's political standards is not necessarily good. Yep. Same thing is true. That what, what made parents revolt? And this gets right to our topic, yep. force as, as a cultural weapon. What made parents finally revolt, even public, pro-public school parents, was that we can't come together and our kids can't play sports. Right. That, that's ultimately what got them. It's such an important cultural icon that she was trying to control that right. by whatever means she could through yeah. high, sco- high school sports. Well, and I played sports all my life, love sports. I have five sons. You have six daughters. You know, we, we don't want them to be uh, involved in certain aspects of culture and society that definitely are negative. And so sports is one of those things that can be a positive thing, and yet today it's just one of those things we really have to be careful about. Right. I mean, we don't want idolatry of people. We don't want iconoclasts of sports or, you know, people who can play sports versus people who can't play sports or don't want to play sports being lifted up or put down in some sort of, you know, caste system. And uh, and yet um, it, it can still be a positive thing. So I, I, I have a bunch of articles here that I found, and yep. this is going on. This is a global phenomena. First one comes from The Guardian uh, out of England, and uh, it's about soccer, the culture of greed riddled with inequalities, global football mirror of the age. In other words, all this corruption and all this greed, and you know, we got a guy who's a soccer player, and he's getting paid more than anybody else in the country. He, he, he's got the number one income, and what does he do with it? He buys more cars. He has more girlfriends. He you know, goes to more concerts he you know gilds himself with all these different things there's not anything virtuous it's it's selfish it's it's the, the culture of greed the next player says well i want that kind of a contract and so ticket prices go up and commercials go up uh, prices go up and so the whole thing goes up and and people keep going for it and so what has to pay for it now gambling mm-hmm. sports gambling has to pay for it now and so to what extent do you think that's, that's I, I mean, they're saying that that's the case in soccer, and we can see that in mm-hmm. soccer. What, what's, how much is that now in Major League Baseball, in National Football League, in the NBA, National Basketball Association? To what extent are we seeing that in the NBA? I mean, I know, um, you know, the San Antonio Spurs have a, have a, have a virtue that's, you know, un, unknown to mankind in, in, right. in all that. But I mean, <laughs> I'm a Spurs fan. Yeah, he's a Pat Spears, a Spurs fan. But how do you see that affecting? Well, listen, sports? where's the Super Bowl this week? Right. Las Vegas. In Las Vegas. Right. Right. You know, and because that's the effects of sports gambling mm-hmm. that has brought into it to fuel yeah. that has now taken this billion dollar industry and it's just exponentially let it grow. Yeah. Obviously, the players are, are um, wanting more of the piece of the pie. And yeah. so there's a there's an idea of that, you know, the talent, yeah. you know, even in high school or college sports, you know, there was always the 
um, the, the glamour of yeah. the pureness of amateurness, yeah. right? Amateur sports, playing for your team, and, yep. and that's all changing now. It's NIL. NIL. Yeah, we have uh, coaches that are saying you can't get a quarterback for less than two million dollars now right. in college. You got to pay for uh, it. You got to find a way to pay for it. So you're gonna have it's gonna break down that. The, the that, college that basketball or football coach is the highest paid person in the state, state of from public yep. funds, yep. usually. And so, therefore, they have to generate funds, and they do. Right. You know, and, and unfortunately, they do. And then that involves gambling, and which which always falls into in, into corruption. Well, and it's and it's and it's broken all the way down into the youth leagues now, where yeah. where sports, and we're going to get into this. Parents are not utilizing sports as a mechanism to teach character and teamwork and values and <coughs> the value of hard work. Uh, right now, it's very much you know my kid has to get mine and a piece of the right. uh, it's participatory. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and it's it doesn't fuel the sometimes it used improperly. It doesn't fuel the right thing it because even on the national level, right. these athletes you know aren't heroes right. I- are not moral character heroes. Never. No. Yeah. 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 And <coughs> and so, um, it uh, it's one of those things that can build character, but it seems like as it's gone over the top, it's it's done the other thing. It's kind of taken people away from that. You know, debauchery. All, this, all this Super Bowl money, and, and there's debauchery in that Super Bowl halftime show oh, and yeah. everything around it, but all that Super Bowl money, it's not going to missions. No. It's not going to cure cancer. No. I mean, I mean, it's it, there's nothing kind of virtuous about it. Maybe that's why it's like people have it. It's just it's a modern day Babylonian, uh-huh. you know, tower. Right. To some extent that, that people want to use as as a deed. I mean, Super Bowl Day, churches are canceling church because they can't compete with the Super Bowl anyways. Or they're just saying we're gonna have a Super Bowl, you know, Sunday. We've never done that. We've always said even when the Lions later. Even when the Lions were in the NFC championship. Yeah. We're in Michigan. Yeah. And that was a once in a lifetime experience. We still had church. <laughs> and a few people probably didn't come to church because of that. They should have yeah. yeah. yeah, but I'm saying is but what I'm saying is, is when that's your culture, right? When your culture is, you can enjoy this, but not you know, versus right. church. Al Jazeera, of all things, right? right. Uh, out of Qatar, um, India's Narendra and Modi, the BJP, which is their sports team, and ICC Cricket World um, Cup, the Cricket World Cup, and the politics thereof. In other words, Modi was coming out and saying, "This is how I'm going to keep myself in power. This is how I'm going to be popular. This is how India is going to stand above other nations, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And so cricket is huge in India and elsewhere, mm-hmm. and it's growing, actually. I just had a conversation with a, with a, a guy in, in a church down in Dearborn, and he was, like, all about cricket. We were talking about the rules and the players, and, 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 and there's, like, 12 cricket clubs in Detroit. Yeah, and, and so and just like there's followers of, of uh, teams yeah. or, or there's bars where you could go and they follow uh, a particular soccer team or something like that, that that culture is huge, but, even but, in Detroit. But, but don't they realize that cricket is the fruit of British imperialism? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> right, but like, I mean, maybe the Brits on. were trying to culturally right, take over they, through yeah, sports. Yeah, come on now. And uh, and so, you know, here on Wednesday we say, you know, greed is is affecting this, or is it just a mirror? Is this is the sport affecting us, or is the sport just being a mirror of us? Well, and, and we can we can think back uh, just real quick because yeah. you're talking about he, it's a yeah. politician that's getting on the back of sports to keep himself in power. Yeah. And now we think back to Roman culture and Roman civilization. Yeah. The Colosseum yeah. was a tool of the Caesars. Are you not uh, entertained? Are you not entertained? <laughs> it, it's a tool to keep the masses under control. Uh, it, the Guardian actually, and this is this is in England. They write an article: Super Bowl, Vegas betting, and gambling, and not not necessarily about the the corrupting factor, but how now that gambling's legal. And in Vegas, what's the pressure upon the teams? Now, there's conspiracy theories 
that um, Kelsey and Taylor Swift's relationship is on purpose to make people bet on Kansas City. Okay, that so it's a, so it's a financial thing, and so the conservatives are saying, no, we're gonna now we're gonna bet on San Francisco. So there's a countercultural thing, and so what about these players? Can they resist? Which is gonna which is really gonna ruin legitimate sports betting because now the the legitimate oh yeah. guy aren't gonna be able to cast anymore because no. the over under. Yeah, the over under won't mean anything. It won't mean anything unless there's a girlfriend involved. Right, you, know, you, you <laughs> won't know what's going on. Um, and then this summer we have the Olympics, the yeah. UN General Assembly. Now, the Olympic Committee is the Olympic Committee. The UN is the UN, but the UN General Assembly adopts an Olympic truce for Paris 2024. In other words, the UN's gotten together and say peace around the world, peace around the world. And here's the thing: sports was always meant to be this political icon to bring in peace. Right. Right. Well, it was supposed to be non-political. Right. Right. And so, you know, the Bible talks about when they say peace and safety, peace, peace, mm -hmm. then sudden destruction will come upon them. Mm -hmm. But it was part of the New Testament world. I mean, Paul yeah, absolutely. Paul uses the analogy of sport pro in the Bible. Yeah. It, it run your race, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, he talks about the, uh, the athlete who uh, bodily exercise profiteth little, but or striving for mastery. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So he uses these sports metaphors mm -hmm. that are in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, again— Sports is benign in and of itself. Right. Come up with a game. It's entertainment. It's exercise. There's rules. There's referees. You can be buds, yep. you know, in it and play. Um, but the fact that it's is, – is it a mirror of us or is it corrupting us? It's being used as, as, as political fodder. Uh, it's a, the, the gambling aspect is actually affecting the, the, the games themselves. Uh, Wikipedia has an article on the Red Sport International. When the communists came to power in Russia and they wrote the Communist Manifesto, the Communist Manifesto actually has things that will help the communist revolution take over the world, and one of them is sports. Oh. And so some people say that th this was part of why the Olympics were fought over, because the, the communists want to use the Olympics as much as anybody else to try to bring about communist ideology and yeah. their so-called de de uh, definitions of, of brotherhood. And the Red Sport International was kind of like – uh, the USSR, the CCCP, um, NFL, mm -hmm. to promote uh, whatever it was that they want to promote, which was world communism, basically, right. through sport. And, um, and so political ideology, void of God, right. has found its way in this grand surf, this grand wave that is sport. Th that is until Rocky met Drago <laughs> and stopped it. If, 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 if I can believe, change, change I, and, you and, can and you can change, then <laughs> we can all change. Right, Why I'm can't sorry. we all change? We need a new Rocky <laughs> to come up and stop. Well, listen, they, they make Rocky <laughs> ad infinitum, and so I don't think I'm ever going to watch another Rocky ever in the history of the, of the planet. But, uh, yeah, this is um, uh, a good article by Stephen <coughs> F. Ross. Uh, fans of the world unite a capitalist manifesto for sports consumers. Mm. So here's this book called Fans of the World Unite. A capitalist manifesto for sports consumers saying, "No, this is part. This isn't communist. This is capitalist." Mm -hmm. And it's funny because the worst part of capitalism, greed right. and money and selfism, not going to feed the children or any of these things, just to to benefit self, mm -hmm. so to speak. And all the industry of selling shoes and you know whatever else can go with it. You know, the capitalists, the worst part of capitalism, and then the worst part of communism. You know, fighting, and then at the UN saying, "Hey, let's just use it all." You know, for, with the Rocky mm -hmm. mantra, "Can't we all just get along?" So, I just thought, you know, it's we're getting these these um, 
conversations from from every right. uh, angle about sport. War is going on, but let's stop the war. Peace, you know, politics, commerce, corruption, whatever the, whatever the you know societal uh, conversation is. Sports is in there. You know, sports is in there. ESPN is owned by you know ABC and Disney, which mm-hmm. is one of the biggest deals, and they have you know seven hundred channels. Mm-hmm. And if you can't find a football game, you can find a preschool tiddlywink, but um, you know competition on there. I mean, it's constant, twenty four seven. But in the ESPN Disney era, yeah, ESPN is no longer just about sports, but now has become a, one of the leading uh, motivators, yeah. right, of ideology yeah. and religion. And now we have, you know, there's this always this pushback that we want our athletes just to be athletes, but not to be involved politically or right. speak politically yeah. for. And yet, there's a vehicle there, and because so many people yeah. are, have their eyes upon sports, it's right. such a cultural influencer. Yeah. And you so don't, you don't want the kid getting up there that's very popular and saying Jesus Christ is number one. Right, that guy's let's bad. Let's Tim Tebow's bad. Right, but Kaepernick is good. Right, and like yeah. so, it, so is sports a reflection of our morality right. and our ideology, or is it uh, the cause of it? Is it is it building it? Is it shaping we're it? We're having capitalistic greed right. and corruption, but we're having communist godlessness right. in it as well, and so. Both have tried to claim sports. I put down here an application. Sports is a neutral sum game, like cooking or fashion. It's it's neither here nor there, but 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 cooking can get out of control. Fashion can get out of control, but it always seems to degenerate into a tool for evil. Uh, if corralled correctly by Christian culture, can be used for character in Christ. We use it here in our Christian school to to, to motivate good behavior, attendance, um, good grades. Uh, character development, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you learn more through losing and having to swallow that and, and be a good sport and go home and try harder. You know, sometimes that's a good cultural icon to have, is, you know, working hard. It's kind of like the same guy, you know, he plants his crops and does all the work and then a, a storm comes and you, you lost and you have to swallow that. You have to go on and do it again next year and do it better maybe mm-hmm. and try to find ways to insulate yourself. And so sports can do that and then even winning. Learning, you know, being a champion can affect your mind and heart in your life, you know, you get to cut down the nets and take home the trophy, but in good ways and bad ways. And so you're trying to uh, build, you know, your student body, your children or whatever. I always knew for my boys, you know, it's pastor's kids. It's tough being a pastor's kid. There, there, are some, there are some things that people judge you unfairly on. You're being watched, etc. And so I was like, if there's going to be a vice, it's going to be this $10 soccer ball, you know, or this $20 basketball. And, um, and you know, put, put some effort into building your lungs and building your legs and competing against your <laughs> brothers, you know, uh, in that regard. But it also can bring out the, it brought out the worst in me mm-hmm. at times, mm-hmm. you know, um, where, you know, the, the, the ref uh, throws the flag, blows the whistle, and the penalties on the coach for get, being out of his seat, running around like an idiot. Right. You've never done that. Never gotten a technical. I don't believe that. You, I have never, never got I've been coaching technical. girls basketball for 10 years, and I've never even gotten a technical. You, even when you – through the clipboard? Yeah, I thought I did, but they never gave me they one. They never gave you a technical. Wow. Okay, well, yeah. listen, you haven't lived. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you're not coaching. You're not, you're you're not, not coaching. coaching. That's why you're, you're not, not coaching. conceding. You're okay. not coaching. No, I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. Um, well, listen, I, I think always, you know, Pastor, we have to accept a sports okay, yes, but it, it comes with some responsibilities, and we should have rules to that. Yeah, I, I've always, you know, the, par- the part about Christian athletics that I've always appreciated is – Creating artificial environments of stress sure. in these young people's lives mm-hmm. that help them learn how to overcome it. 
because ultimately a failure on the basketball court is not a life failure. Right. But if it if it produces a stress or there's a challenge and there's a goal, and especially for young women yeah. to be able to uh, have enough uh, that they can accomplish something. Sure. I, can, I can work hard and yeah. I can do something. Mm -hmm. And even a little bit of the idea of imposing my will in yeah. the sense of not not in striving against one's husband in the future yeah. or whatnot, but imposing my will over this work that must be accomplished. Sure. And so, hey, I, I got to get this house in order. I'm going to impose my will upon yeah. it. I got to get these kids from point A to point B. Yeah. I'm going to impose my will yeah. uh, upon them. Yeah. I, and and, and, and in other words, uh, I, I'm going to set myself to a task. I'm, to be I'm able to tired. I'm tired. Right. I have opposition. I'm actually behind the eight ball. It looks like I'm going to lose, but I've got to see this through. I got to see it through. I got to get this yeah. done. I got to so get through this week. I mean, you could you could argue that if you, the kids would just work, yeah. you know, sometimes that's a, that's abusive as yeah. well. But it, this is a, this is the thing that's helping them have something where, you know, their endorphins kick in when they accomplish something, right? You know, score a point, right. even you know, or just get playing time, you know, whatever that is, and and it can translate. I mean, there could be a negative aspect to it because right. sometimes it can be overdone. But like you said, the scriptures actually are full of sport analogies. Sport analogies. Yep. I have uh, 1 Corinthians 9, uh, verse 24. Know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receive the prize, so run that you may obtain. Yep. Not everyone wins the prize. You can't, you can't just get a participation medal. You, you run to win. You run to win. You play to win. Right. You, you, you work. You plant the fields in order to eat, right. right, in order to make a buck. That's why you do it. And so um, – you know, it, 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 can, it can teach some things. Run that you may obtain. Um, Hebrews 12.1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. It's almost like the Colosseum, right? Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. He's talking about kind of the marathon run mm -hmm. that enters the arena with everybody around there, and you've trained, and you've, you know, wh when, when they would run the marathon, would, would they run with, like, barely anything on? <laughs> right? No, Nothing's going to The original Olympics were like naked. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm not saying he's that, but no. I mean, really, for us to, in, in our Christianity, we have to run unashamed. Right. Right? We can't, we can't be burdened. Um, 2 Timothy 4 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Keeping your faith is a boxing match. Mm -hmm. Right? And you go 12 rounds, man. You stay in it. And, and you take your licks and you give them too, right? Um, I finished my course. You got to run those laps. You got to finish them. I, I know when mm -hmm. I was coaching, uh, the guys would come in the very first thing as they were coming in, lacing up their shoes, kind of bouncing the basketball. You know, I'd blow it and I'd say, okay, before before we even start practice, I want you to run champion laps. And they'd have to run C-H-A-M-P-I-O-N-S. Mm -hmm. They'd have to run that many laps before we started. You got to be a champion before you start practice. And we got to practice like champions. And it was just a mindset, right? And then I didn't have to start off with any calis you know, much calisthenics or anything because they had already done some running. But start start well, finish well. Mm -hmm. these, I mean, these are wonderful principles in um, uh, in the scriptures that sports can teach, mm -hmm. spiritual principles of life and victory, um, relationships. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're on the court with the team, that's a relationship. Sometimes you have to pass the ball because he's got the better shot, right, even if you're the better player. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to pose that guy because he's on the other team. You don't hate him, but you're opposing him. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, it, you know, in work, I, I got to make the sale. That guy's trying to sell his widget, and I'm trying to sell my widget. It's not personal. I'll take him out for lunch, whether whoever sells the, the, the widget. But it's, it's, it's 
competition, you know. So, so many wonderful lessons can be taught, can be had if we'll train up our kids right, if churches will take the right aspect on it, not become idolatrous mm-hmm. <coughs> in it, not put it first, but use it, I guess, as a supplement. It's just mm-hmm. a vitamin. You still got to eat a good meal, but, you know, the, the vitamin of, of sports can be a positive thing, and yet we have to, all, uh, you know, measure it in society. What would you say to a family? They got ki- maybe they got some kids and they're into sports. What's some things that they could put in rules or measures to be able to take in the good and, and keep out the bad? What are, what are some rules you might have in your mind? Well, uh, about for an athlete sure, or whatnot? Sure. Well, I mean, there, there's, there's a number of uh, things. First of all, you know, about rules, like, so here's some things that we practice. Like, if you're going to join a team, you don't quit. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it, you're not a quitter. Don't quit. Yeah, you do, do everything to do to your hardest. That's you know, the other thing that w- we try to enforce is the idea, and I do it in my girls, is, you know, the authority, you know, understanding how to how to get along with difficult people. Sure. Uh, but then also how to respond to coaching right. uh, as well. Yeah. And so if you have a problem Leadership with the coach, right, go yeah. talk to the coach, yeah. you know, go and, um, you know, and if you're not getting the result that you want, then change what you're doing to get a different result. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. the coach isn't playing me enough. Well, yeah. why? Yeah, self, self-measurement. Yeah, self-awareness. Yeah, self, yeah and to, to, to do that. And then I also, you know, I think the other, you know, good role in this is that they're applying to themselves to something that can be wholesome. And it's, you know, every minute on the court is a minute that they're not on. And in practice, they're not on, on their phone. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, you know and, so, and for a young man, yeah. I think about young men. I have daughters. Yeah. But for a young man, a young man is growing into his body, yeah. has testosterone flowing through at levels he'll never have again in his life, right? And he needs to apply himself to it. And we're no uh, to something. Yeah. And we're no longer an agrarian society. Right. And we're no longer a society where, and, and sadly, you know, many young men aren't labor, are, are not put to labor. Right. And they ought to. Right. They ought to. So Exercise the idea of going out and just, you know, yeah. and moving your body, lifting heavy things, running very fast, me those are all good disciplines. Me having sons, you know, besides yeah. the, the motivation of good grades and good behavior and things like that, uh, is there is for a man proper level of aggression. Yeah. You know, if a man provides not for his, his uh, family, he's worse than an infidel. And so, you know, loving your wife means you're jumping in front of the bullet mm-hmm. or you're, you're sending the bullet out mm-hmm. first, you know. And so th- there is a proper level of aggression that doesn't end up controlling you or, or you ruling you, but you have to be able to, to, to use that in competition. I always wanted my boys to look at a good athlete who had character, you know, and mm-hmm. so you could put a certain poster on the wall, but you couldn't, you, right. you, 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 you couldn't put um, Dennis Rodman. Right. And we're not going to put Dennis Rodman on the wall, but, right. you know, what's a good, so you could use that as a measure of character. He doesn't well. embody what we're yeah, about. And so if the guy can, you know, throw a basketball, that doesn't mean he's as important to society as a guy who can rule well or a right. doctor who can practice medicine well or a pastor who's going to serve God. You're just as much of a hero. Yeah. It's just as difficult, you know, and so valuing leadership and examples and, and things like that um, I think, you know, is, is an important for society. And in our house, we were, we yeah. were careful about you know, which characters you know, that, um, that we had. And so, you know, folks, in the best culture is a Bible culture. It's proven and it works. But the Bible has sports analogy in mm-hmm. it. And so the best culture can have sports but uses it for character, uses it well for culture, uses it well as motivation, and doesn't allow to get us to get the best of us. And just as our culture is dying as we lose Christ, I think even the, the good part about sports, the part that we can always trust and involve in our lives, there's something now that we have to maybe 
hold up some reservations to mm-hmm. you. We did that with our kids. Where if you don't get a, a B, you can't play. Or if you won't go to school, you don't get to play. Mm-hmm. Or if you can't get along, you, you can't play. And so sometimes you would use it. You know, today we might want to say, kids, look, at we're, we're going to watch the game, but mute the commercials, mm-hmm. you know, or turn the channel to something else, whatever. So there has to be a measure of control on sports in the home. It can't be 24-7, all things sports, because just like any other medium, <coughs> it has a corrupting uh, value, and should we should be careful about it mm-hmm. in the church mm-hmm. as well. Well, folks, that's it for today for Bible Nation Society. Remember, the best culture is the Bible culture. It's proven and it works. Website is BibleNation.org. We'd love to hear back from you. Thanks for listening.